Hey, I'm Danny Levy, and you're listening to Digital Transformation and Leadership. This is the show where we go behind the scenes with today's top business leaders to understand how they're digitally transforming their company. This week, I'm joined by Peter Hamilton, Vice President and Managing Director for APAC at Kelly OCG. Peter, welcome to Digital Transformation and Leadership. Thank you, Danny. Thanks for having me. Thanks for thanks for coming on the show. It's been uh, been a long time coming. Glad to have you here finally. So um, before we get started, could you introduce yourself, Peter, and, and what it is you're doing for the listeners? Yeah. So my name's Pete Hamilton. I'm the uh, managing director for Kelly Outsourcing Consulting Group for uh, Asia Pack and. I guess I have uh, been in the workforce solutions business now for 25 years and have been in kind of every role, starting as a recruiter through to account management, product management, sales management, and then to various regional roles of which um, I find myself the head of a a business that serves uh, 12 markets across Asia. And um, yeah, our predominant business lines are hiring permanent uh, teams uh, where companies outsource their entire function to us and we filled about 14,000 roles across APAC last year and also uh, managing large amounts of contractor uh, suppliers on behalf of our customers. So we manage close to 600 suppliers uh, servicing a very diverse range of uh, contractor and and temporary work. uh, and the sum of spend we manage today is about uh, just over a billion US. And then we also have a, uh, a language interpretation business that uh, we have uh, language interpreters that work at home, uh, about 500 headcount, and, and a few other components. But that's the core parts of our business. So, yeah, really enjoying my time here. But uh, yeah, very very diverse uh, business that we operate. Yeah, very diverse. Keeps it interesting though, doesn't it? The days days race by when you when you have all those different things going on. Fantastic. So, Pete, just before we get started, I wanted to to break the ice with you a little bit. Um, an extra hour in the day. We'd all love an extra hour in the day. That twenty fifth hour. Sadly, it doesn't exist. But but if it did exist for you, how how would you spend the extra hour? Oh, what a good <laughs> question. What a what a luxury that would be. Um, I mean, my my initial reaction is. Um, it would be situational. I'd like that hour to be plugged in when you most need it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm, if I think about uh, how it would impact my life today, I would love an extra hour in the morning. We have, um, I've got two children who are school age. My wife uh, works, uh, and I work, and we're both we're all very busy, and you've got early starts for sport and different school times. Wouldn't it be great to sit down, have breakfast together, and set the intentions for the day? Um, so that was how I would use it, if I could uh, magic that extra hour. I think we'd all like that in the morning. I have young children as well, and I, I know exactly where you're coming from. So, so Pete, the topic we're going to get into for today is based on new research that, that Kelly OCG's conducted. Uh, we're going to be talking about technology's role in strengthening workforce agility. Um, and this is something I'm, I'm really interested to talk to you about and, and to understand more about the findings. Uh, it's something that touches everyone in the workplace. So to, to kick us off, I thought it would be good if you could kind of walk us through the, 
the key findings from the 2022 Global Workforce Report that you've done? Yeah, look, it's been a fascinating, what a fascinating time to be talking about, um, you know, what's happening in the workplace, particularly around talent attraction and retention, because in my time in this industry, it's probably amongst the most challenging when you look at what is happening globally, and certainly in a lot of the markets in which we operate. I mean, just broadly, you know, what, we, what we've uncovered is a very unsettled picture in terms of senior management. One of mm-hmm. the two things that immediately struck me was that 40% of senior managers said they, or only 40% said they were happy in their current role, and uh, 72% said they were looking to leave to a new role in, in the next two years, and that doesn't even count for those that are looking right now, actively looking for employment. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that we've seen is, you know, you ask yourself, well, why? Why is this group so unsettled? And, you know, we're seeing work-life balance come to the top of the top reason for employee churn. Um, and that's, that's not been the case in, in previous surveys. You've got the classics like career growth uh, and pro- progression. And, of course, you know, there's a lot of competition salaries at the moment and, and, and benefits, etc. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so our marketing department got a bit excited when they sort of said it's the looming boss loss. Mm. And, and in certain markets, I mean, eight, in, in Singapore, for example, it's over 80%. So look, I think there's, uh, that's something that we need to uh, dig into further. Um, but there's certainly been stress and strain. And I think some of that comes to, you know, some poor tools and some lack of teams not being fully in place and extra strain and, and meetings. Um, and, and, you know, areas of poor productivity that are probably adding to those stress points. Um, in addition to that, you know, what we're really seeing is overall employee expectations are rising. You know, I don't know if you've had this experience, you're over guess how Danny, but, you know, now when you hire somebody, not only do you have to move faster than you have previously, you probably have to think about the worker in the broadest possible sense. You know, going to the market saying, I want a permanent worker to be based in this location with these skills and experience, you might be looking for a very long time. So I think there's a need to think about talent differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, how you engage that talent and all the different touch points, um, expectations have been risen. And, you know, I think you we're seeing more and more employee churn in those first six months of employment. If their experience in the onboarding uh, of the new role is not good and they don't necessarily have the, remo- the, the emotional connection and the ties that they once did if they're working remote, yeah. they're likely to look for another opportunity. So I think by and large that's one big trend, employee expectations have risen. Um, another area is the whole area around remote, you know, whether your company did a good job or not or your organisation was successful in, in, in managing that. Um, you know, our survey shows the there is still an unsettled discussion about whether hybrid is here to stay. Uh, you know, around about 20% of the senior managers surveyed said that this, they didn't believe that hybrid working added to organizational culture. And something like Nick, close to 30% thought that um, you know, it was all too hard and that workers were going to come back into the office. 
Uh, I mean, my view is that, you know, that's very short, short-sighted and organizations need to overcome some of those challenges. Um, but, you know, this is, this is obviously playing out in the media right now with Elon Musk being very vocal about you know, workers coming back a minimum of 40, 40 hours, but not only to a, a Tesla office, to the main branch. So, you know, you think about what that means for a worker, they may have to make a decision uh, of lifestyle versus, you know, committing to the company. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our, our view is that, you know, right now with talent being so short, um, that's not, not a smart play. Yeah. Uh, and that you need to accept that flexibility is here to stay. Um, so I'll just, just leave you to start with those two because I think there's a lot to unpack there. There is, there is. And one thing I wanted to, to follow up with you on, Peter, you mentioned that, that companies, they need to think about talent differently. Um, there is a shortage in the market, as you mentioned, and a lot of people are seeing this, that it's difficult to get certain skill sets into certain roles. It's fiercely competitive. Um, there aren't always the right people maybe in your own location if you're in a big country, um, or even if you're in a small country like Singapore, it can be hard. Um uh, where do companies start? How do they start thinking differently uh, in terms of approaching this in the right way? I mean, they, as well, you want to also uh, retain the employees you have, which you mentioned there as well. You know, there's a big exodus potentially looming from, from senior management. But I mean, I guess when you're looking outside and, and you're also trying to retain, where, where do companies start? What, do you, what are you seeing from conversations you're having? What are your recommendations? Yeah, it's... So I think the, the, the starting point is to think about the type of skill and experience you need first and foremost mm. when you think about the, the role type. And then, you know, then start to say, well, what, what is out there in the market? And then really design uh, the engagement type around and the way that you onboard that talent based on, on that feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also find that organizations internally, so they look at their talent internally. If you take a, an average organization right now, about a third of the talent, that, so you're sitting around a, in the boardroom in the office or the virtual boardroom mm-hmm. on Zoom, you know, three out of 10 of those people you're interacting with are probably not permanent employees. Mm-hmm. They're either contractors, service providers, um, or, or temps or you know freelancers and very often they're in the organization they've been working in the organization for the same length of time and possibly a greater length of time than some of those permanent employees yeah um, yet they get treated very differently so from a uh, from a technology perspective mm. and from a data perspective there are very few companies right now that have that visibility of talent across their entire workforce and so therefore when you ask what should be fairly rudimentary questions in 2022 um, like who you know what who are these workers yeah Um, you know what's their skill sets where are they located how long they've been in the business Um, you know if it's there'll be a there'll be a pay element how does that compare what's how how are they performing Where's the, where's the contractual paperwork that should sit behind this service provider? You know, it's, it's often very, very cumbersome. 
And so we work with organisations to effectively take what is often a, a, a paper process or a, at best a, a, a rudimentary workflow system to kind of digitise it. Mm. So we've, we've, we've successfully done that um, with, with a you know, very significant amount of large organisations and, it, and it's extremely complex but you can see the value then of having um, you know, instant uh, data and analytics to be able to make the kind of decisions you, you, you want which is as an organisation you know, what, what sits in this talent pool, how should I deploy them, you know, um, businesses go through peaks and troughs all the time of course so you know, making some smart decisions. Um, but, but even when we deploy in that external worker space and you know, there's their own permanent uh, labour uh, and workforce, mm-hmm. you, know, you, you, you ideally want to put both of those data sets together. So that's kind yeah. of the next stage of, uh, of that journey. Okay, okay. And how about, you mentioned also, Peter, I just wanted to come back to the um, remote culture. You mentioned everyone was remote through the, through the pandemic. Um, we've now started returning to the office, although that looks different for, for every company, it seems, in terms of approach. Um, some people are still full work from home. Some people are in the office a few times a week. Some people are back full-time to the office. One thing you mentioned there, which which I was really keen to get your thoughts on in a bit more detail, was around the culture element. You mentioned uh, Elon Musk, Tesla, getting everyone back to the office. Um, do you do you think, do you, do you believe it is harder to develop that culture uh, if everyone is working remote? Um, as you mentioned, you need to give people the flexibility these days, right? It, it, otherwise, you can be losing out. But how can you make sure the culture is there and, and employees do feel bought in and there is a unified vision and everyone's pulling in the right direction. It can be it can be difficult when, when the team is, is split up and is diverse and is working in different locations and, and, and they don't see each other. Yeah, look, and, <laughs> and I, I think we've all been stumbling through this question, mm. but I'll, I'll certainly give my perspective because I, you know, we work with a, a, a wide range of uh, organizations that all have a slightly different approach yeah. so I, th- I think in general it is harder to create culture remotely um, or, or to um, to I guess preserve or incubate a culture mm. um, and, and one of the things the surveys you know shone a light on was only about a quarter of the senior managers interviews said that they were more likely to promote an in-office worker okay. and therefore and I only discussed this with a with a CFO over dinner at a conference I was at this week right and you know kind of agreed right you know that that, that there is preference shown potentially I and mean, so I, I think I think that is something that needs to be overcome because what you don't you know the killers of culture are those sort of toxic elements that could come in which is the them and us and I think that's what we need to work very very carefully on Um, I would say it's interesting because you know our organization exactly like everybody else in this region has Mm -hmm. been remote and we have been tracking our employee engagement scores over Mm -hmm. that time and then we've been working with an external provider great place to work and our engagement scores have improved year on year. 
So I don't think it necessarily is the case that, that, that engagement will um, you know, suffer. However, you, I think you just have to work extra hard and engaging. And I think, so, so if I reflect on our own situation, we were a little bit unique. Uh, Kelly was already very well set up for uh, Kelly work from anywhere. Okay. So when uh, the remote transition for us um, was fairly seamless. Mm-hmm. And then since that time, you know, we've been working very hard to, um, you know, ensure that we, the teams are given the autonomy to, to make the right decisions to look after the individual. Um, we've strengthened our, our mental health initiatives. Mm-hmm. Um, we have revisited our water recognition. We've introduced, um, you know, uh, tools um, like like a lot of organisations, but I think you know, tool, additional tools um, for our uh, learning and management and wellness. Um, so we've we've, we've leveraged uh, those opportunities as well, and I think it's a combination of those things plus, you know, every country and every market has experienced a sort of different easing regime, and then yeah. I think in that easing it's very important to have FaceTime. So invest in getting your teams together, ideally as a wider group, but if you can't, at least in teams. Um, you know, I think most organizations have saved significant amount of money on real estate and, and travel. And, 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 you know, it's probably not realistic to think that that's a cost saving into the future. You've got to, got to make good decisions about what the right balance is. But our, our belief is that you know, team meetings, um, those interactions, those opportunities for celebration need to be increased as a, as a mechanism to give people, um, you know, uh, occasions, I guess, to, to come together. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's both, that's, that's coming together in person and virtually to, yeah, to celebrate yeah, and, and yeah. give recognition. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, the small things we've done, mm. but, you know, many organizations have done coffee roulette. I don't know if you're aware of that. No, never uh, heard uh, of it. <laughs> well, the, the, the concept is essentially you put all your employees in the mix and right. it randomly matches people with, to meet for coffee. Okay. So, oh, a bit like uh, speed dating kind of over coffee, is it? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so you, 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 you basically are sort of trying to replicate that meeting in the corridor conversation yeah but yeah. that's been very successful um, as a way of, 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 of randomly mixing this up um, but, I, but I, I, I think we're still figuring out um, what the right mix is I mean we yeah. have started to um, you know we're taking out additional leases on property we, we're, we're going to end up with a, a very much a hybrid where there is mm. um, you know opportunity to for people to come together, and there'll be expectations for certain teams to come together. Yeah. But I think it's the wrong approach to say this is, um, you know, basically the Elon Musk. Musk. Yeah. You know, if you don't, you, you you're out. I think yeah. that is 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 um, you know, making putting employee <laughs> in a very binary position. Yeah. Yeah. You'd never say anything about Elon Musk, but he is bold, right? You could say a lot of things about him, but he's well, he is, definitely he is bold. bold. Yeah. <laughs> And, 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 you know, I, I've, I've seen some good debate on, on, uh, out there on social media, yeah. you know, maybe he gets a, 
a more dedicated narrow pool of employees that want mm. to work that way yeah um, and you know there's always outliers that will be able to do that but we have to accept that for the majority of organizations um, and they they're competing with employees that that have you know options right and and therefore it's about putting together an employee value proposition that is that is attractive to beat your competitors to be able to attract the talent yeah. and that's and that's and so therefore you know our, our, everything says that employees want options for flexibility yeah i mean one one thing is true right i mean that that talent is is borderless isn't it and if you have that is, mindset yeah. and you have that approach, you can bring some some very good and 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 and, and people that really do add a, a tremendous value to your business uh, with that mindset. We used to have all of our um, inside sales team here in Singapore, and then when we went work from home or work from anywhere, I guess we we moved that all to the Philippines, and the team has doubled in size uh, in the Philippines now, and has really kind of spurred us on to to new growth and growing quite quickly thanks to that but that I guess that mindset we didn't have that as much before but then when people were working from home you could see that actually you know there's, there's very good people in in other places that can that can work for the business and, and, and I think what the, what this global experiment has taught us is mm. is that you know it's allowed us to accelerate um, some of that thinking but also shown that you know it's, it is possible right yeah you know, it's, Definitely. For most organisations, of course, discounting those where you have to be physically present. Yeah. But for most organisations, the you know work went on, and um, you know, uh, for for many organisations, including ourselves, we actually went through quite a significant growth phase as well. Mm. So he showed that we could also grow and expand and and improve uh, many of the areas of our business during yeah, this yeah. time. Yeah, we had a we had a very similar experience as well. Um, Pete, I just wanted to come back as well. You, you mentioned around this kind of default into promoting people that are actually in the office and that this, this can be a, a bit of a killer to culture. Uh, maybe it's even um, subconscious, right, that managers don't know they're doing it. It's maybe because they see people. But I just wanted to get a bit more detail from you. Why do you think that does happen? And, and why do you think people maybe overlook the remote workers? Well, I think I think um, yeah, it's the first time we've, we we this question has been posed in this mm. way. So it's 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 very interesting. And but I think if you think about the earlier findings, which yeah. really show that a lot of these senior managers are not not or at least a significant portion are not that comfortable with hybrid working, then uh, to me it's logical that a subset of those would also, you know, or at least. Put yourself on the other side of that. If you do believe it, then you, you're kind of looking in, going um, that a subset of those are going to preference those in in a office workers. So I think um, you know it's it, it, it's it's a logical conclusion based on that. What I think the challenge for us is, uh, and for any employer, mm. is that that to me is it, it would be a very negative uh, consequence yeah. of having a you know, split workforce, and therefore, yeah. you know, um, uh, organisations need to think very carefully about the, the design of the role and mm -hmm. the, the metrics for success, and you know, make sure that, that that can be tracked, and therefore, it doesn't become about just getting extra face time. Mm. Um, so I think it's just a blind spot, really, yeah. that yeah. the managers need to think about. 
Do you think it has anything to do with the um, the often senior management roles, even if the company is hybrid, there's still that element of having to meet people in person in the office, say two times a week, three times a week, and you know get that FaceTime with people. Whereas if someone's fully remote, if they're being promoted into a manager position, is it still seen as more difficult to manage people remotely? if you're not having that in-person experience with them? Yeah, I think depending on the individual, yes. I yeah. think that some managers still highly value that that FaceTime. And I, I would agree in general that, yeah. you know, you need to get a mix. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it's 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 one or the other. It's mm. It can be managed effectively. Um, but, I, but look, there's no doubt that um, managing a remote team has been a huge, huge challenge for, yeah. for lots of people. That, and um, you know we're seeing that that we're still learning, right? You know we've we've had yeah. to spend uh, quite a lot of time and effort to invest in in helping our managers manage mm. remote teams. And you know I think that all organisations, given that this is not a temporary situation, as we believe, yeah. will have to focus on on, on, mm. on on continuing to educate, particularly as new managers come through as well. Um, but I think we've, we've all proven that it can be done yeah. and you know that the ultimately employees those team members wanted to continue in, in by and large um, but I but I think you know whenever you whenever we talk about generalities about people and how to manage them you know my advice to any 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 manager is think about the individual mm. I mean there are those that thrive in, in different ways and, and, and there'll be those that really want to come into the office more than others and you know I think uh, that the, the having those options are really where companies need to, to to be able to kind of meet the needs of your employees if you if you want to otherwise it wasn't just kind of started at this whole uh, whole um, workforce study that you know otherwise you know, they will leave effectively yeah, yeah. Um, for other opportunities. Yeah, it's really that tailored approach and, and making sure that you're listening as to what yeah. works for the employee and, and I guess what works for the company and, and meeting meeting halfway, something that works for all parties, right? So everyone's happy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's no great listening. There's the whole, you know, technology being fantastic with listening tools, right? Whether yeah. it's uh, surveys or pulses or yeah. there's lots of different ways that you can get feedback pretty quickly. That, that allows you to at least, um, you know, kind of, uh, at least if you're armed with the position, mm. then you can make no excuse if you've not taken any action. So. Yeah. And Pete, you mentioned that some of the technology that you're using around learning, management, wellness. I just wondered if you could give the listeners a bit more information there as to, to what you're doing in, in a bit more detail and, and the technology you're using and, and, and what you've been finding. Yeah, so so our learning management systems cornerstone, and we've used that um, effectively for, for many years. But I, I guess you know it's got a huge catalogue of, mm. uh, of of training that, that is available online training as well as sort of policy uh, work. But um, and, and and you know one of the areas that we have been working very hard on is because we know it's directly. Uh, related to, to to kind of employee well-being and growth and productivity is, is training. So, uh, you know, there's there's been huge strides in the way that training can be delivered. 
uh, virtually and, and in, in sort of bite-sized chunks. So, you know, the teams uh, will be given uh, time and opportunity to do some self-study uh, there, and they'll be allocated to a mix of you know in-person and, and online um, training. But in addition to that, we kind of noticed um, you know a bit of a gap that wasn't really covered, and that was around the delivery of of wellness yeah. um, uh, content. So we partnered with a company called Work It, actually a, um, a company that came out of Ireland who've created a wellness platform um, that delivers uh, wellness related content, health tracking, you know, you can do uh, surveys around your sleep and they'll give you recommendations uh, about how you might approach things as well as, you know, online classes for meditation, yoga, etc. Uh, in addition to that, they curate um, lots of lots of uh, content for learning that isn't necessarily directly related to your your work. So, you know, if you're interested in, in doing a cooking course or a language course or, yeah. you know, weird, wonderful stuff, you know, we're trying to encourage our teams to you know, continue to do, to do on that lifelong learning journey as well, um, because we recognise that you know a lot of people have uh, interests outside of work that they want to pursue. So we've given them an opportunity to kind of tap into into that course uh, content as well. So yeah, just trying to um, provide a more holistic approach to to to, to wellness. In addition to that. Um, we've been running quite a lot of seminars around well, with our uh, various um, employee assistance providers um, around you know mental health awareness, yeah. um, around strategies to kind of support your teams with mental health. Um, so yeah, we we know that through the last couple of years and and prior, quite frankly. Um, mental health is, is is a huge area, and if you as a if it comes down to employee well-being, how you treat those around you who are you know kind of struggling a little bit, I think says a lot about how the culture of the organisation. So mm. yeah, I've been very very focused on that, as have many organisations. But uh, interestingly enough, in the survey, yeah, um, and you won't see this in many employee engagement surveys. Only twenty six percent of senior execs um, said that they thought that their employer really cared about mental health. So I think it, I think it's an area that clearly needs uh, to be worked on um, across the board. Yeah. Um, and but it's an area that I think you, that companies, if they invest in that space and, and general wellness, um, you know, it pays dividends. Mm. And Pete, how about workforce agility? How, how are you supporting in this area? So from a, a workforce agility perspective, um, I, I think I sort of was describing a little bit how mm. we help organizations um, you know, get a handle and um, yeah. digitize and recruit the end-to-end -end process for the, their external labor they're using. Yeah. Um, the next step to that is really how you try and give a, an organization visibility of their total workforce so right. we um, and, and we realize there's not really a, a 
a, a product or service out there that we felt met, met those needs. So we, we built our own. So we have a, a platform called Helix UX, okay. which is a proprietary built system. And effectively, it, it recognizes that a lot of the uh, database and the core um, often, often SaaS systems uh, or other legacy systems are in existence in organizations today. Um, but, but there is no front end to effectively navigate. So if you're, you know, if you're a, you're a hiring manager and you want to um, decide, well, what's the best talent, you know, how, what's the type of talent I should be using, you can enter Helix and be guided through that uh, and given kind of guidance about what the best way to uh, approach that talent market would be. And then, you know, it will direct you either through uh, to your own systems or through an external provider systems to go through and complete that process right um, and you know it's equipped with some some uh, chatbot and AI to help with some of that guided decision making and then in addition you know it also has a whole lot of case management functionality and inquiry management too because often you know, the recruitment process has many, many steps, as you would well know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, it helps kind of digitize that experience of, of where, where they don't necessarily want to pick up a phone or, or, yep. or talk, to a, talk to somebody. Yeah. So I guess we, we're at this real kind of tipping point, aren't we, in terms of coming out of the pandemic, um, the way in which companies now need to approach the future of work, talent, um, how they retain employees, how they go across borders. Uh, we seem to be yeah, right in, at the beginning of a very interesting uh, moment. Um, how about the future of work, Pete? Do you have any? Do you have any recommendations? Do you have a? Do you have a crystal ball handy? But I just wondered if if if, if, you were, if we were to talk about the future of work and and maybe how it might play out over the next few years. Um, what do you think it's going to look like in, in two, three years' time? Well, of course, all predictions are notoriously unreliable, but <laughs> they are. I, I will look into my crystal ball now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I think there are things that you could say are, are trends that will be very, um, you know, I, I think we can say pretty, pretty clearly that these, some of these things are going to happen, right? So uh, if I look to the future, yeah. we're seeing in most of uh, quite a number of uh, countries uh, particularly in the you know the more more developed OECD you know the top 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 ten or fifteen OECD countries, mm. you've got um, a kind of shortage of talent going into the future because of the demographics, and so I think um, there is going to be more uh, automation and digitalization that will be that has started already, but I think will be accelerated. I think there'll be more globalization of talent as talent becomes short. I think there'll be greater, uh, as there already are today, but I think there'll be even more emphasis that countries will become um, ex seen as experts and talent pools. Are, I mean, you only need to look at the experience in, in, in our own region where parts of India are known for certain skill sets or parts of the Philippines. Well, I think that will continue, um, but I but I think those workers will also become more mobile. Yeah, um, and 
you know, I, I think that um, that means that you know organisations will um, be looking very much at you know where uh, where can you find the worker wherever they are. Uh, mm -hmm. I think uh, that will that's an exciting future. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm pretty optimistic about um, what's going to happen in the future of work. But yeah. I think that those organisations that embrace it are the ones that are going to be successful. Yeah, I guess if I'd asked you that same question three years ago, the answer would have been very different <laughs> in terms of what we've just gone through. <laughs> Peter, I've I've really enjoyed uh, the conversation with you today. Thank you for for talking uh, the listeners and, and myself through um, the research that, that Kelly OCG has conducted on, on technology's role in strengthening workforce agility. Some some fascinating points there. And, and like you say, we're at this this really interesting point and, and I guess more change is coming, but we've already been through so much and we have proved that, that work from home does work. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out in in the next few years. Um, just, just before we close, I, I wanted to, Get you to share uh, one life or career lesson. Look, I, I, I'm going to talk about leadership. I yeah. think that what um, I, I have learned over the last, I guess, throughout my career, but more, it, more recently, is that um, if I was to say two things that I think carry leaders a long way is um, consistency. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't win every day. Uh, you don't win every. <laughs> customer but if you're consistently looking to improve um, and uh, providing a consistent um, response and approach to your teams you know I think that's something that the teams really buy into yeah um, and confidence give your teams confidence nobody quite knows how the future will go but I think providing confidence um, to your teams and showing that you have confidence in them mm. to deliver uh, goes an awful long way um, you know particularly in this remote world where let's be honest you know you could be a long way uh, from 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 some of your teams and you know you need to give them uh, that confidence and you need to have that confidence in them and I think if you're consistent with at least those two things and I guess finally, we've touched on it a little bit, you know, every worker is an individual mm -hmm. and, you know, likes to be treated as such. So if you can, if you can weave in those three themes, I think um, it will take you an awful long way. Yeah, that's absolutely fantastic advice. Peter, how can people get in touch if they'd like to find out more? Yeah, Danny, so look, I encourage you to visit our website, which is kellyocg.com and if you wouldn't mind putting our contact details in the show notes, um, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Fantastic. Yeah, I, I will put in the, the contact information in the show notes. Please check out the show notes on Apple or Spotify or whichever uh, listening, uh, streaming you're using. And you can get in touch with Kelly and, and contact Peter to, to find out more. Peter, thank you once again for coming on Digital Transformation and Leadership and sharing all of your insights and experience and wisdom with the listeners. I've really, really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, likewise. Well, thanks so much for having me on. Thanks, Danny. You've made it to the end of another episode of Digital Transformation and Leadership. If you're enjoying the show, please do leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. 
No need to leave a written review, just clicking on the five stars is enough. I'd really appreciate it as it helps the show get found and it helps those listener numbers grow. And we'll be back again next week when we will again go behind the scenes with another top business leader to understand how they're digitally transforming their company. The Digital Transformation and Leadership Podcast is a Blue Aurora Media Production.